This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go. It's that time where we hunker down with topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636. And joining us as per usual on the midweek edition, John Turley, risk management consultant specializing in capital markets with extensive experience on Bay and Wall Streets. How's John doing? Very well, thank you. Thank you for coming in. Peter Tabbins is with us, the NDP MPP for Toronto Danforth and their energy and climate change critic. And you brought a change of climate with you. The sun is out, Peter. I do what I can for you, John. <laughs> nice work. I'm always uh, thinking about you, man. Okay. Always. Uh, I wish you were kidding. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Ernie Eve. <laughs> rounding out the panel, the former Premier and Finance Minister in the province of Ontario. How's Ernie? I'm great, except I'm getting blinded by the sun off your pink shirt. (laughs) (laughs) It's not pink, it's white. You've got cataracts. (laughs) Listen, uh, i got to ask you first of all, Ernie, because I had Stephen Holliday on, the Deputy Mayor, and you know, they're talking about this whole imbroglio with the province and how they're coming up short because the province has put them in this untenable position and blindsided them. And we talked about it last week and the week prior to that. Uh, Don't want to rehash that part, but what came up uh, in the discussion, as I understand, uh, many people are claiming that Toronto sends more tax revenue out of the city to the province and the feds than they get back in services. So uh, it's not a quid pro quo, but there's an imbalance there, and perhaps it's time to show Toronto a little love from those two upper tiers of government. You You were there as a finance minister and the premier. What was the situation like in your day? Well, I think that's true. Uh, just like, for example, there's far more tax revenue that flows out, flows out of Ontario to the federal government than comes back in services. And you could probably say that about Alberta and British Columbia as well. I mean, it's part of being part of a federation in terms of provinces and the feds, and it's part of being you know, the major economic hub of the province of Ontario, probably the country in case of Toronto. So, yeah, I think, look at it's a very difficult situation we have in Ontario and in Canada, for that matter, in terms of municipalities, because municipalities, by our system of government, are you know, creatures of legislation that the province enacts, the City of Toronto Act or the City of Sudbury Act, or the case, as the case may be, and they really don't have many opportunities to raise money for themselves other than property taxes, and charging fees and tolls and levies on certain things, like I don't care whether it's garbage or water or whatever it happens to be. I, one of the things I th- was hoping to do and never got around to doing was making sure that municipalities got a share of, uh, of the provincial PST, or now the HST, to sort of help them out. But it was not uncommon for the city of Toronto, especially because they're the biggest, uh, to come cap in hand to the finance ministry every year saying this year we're 600 million short or this year we're 700 million short or this year we're 342 million short and you'd sit down every single year and negotiate some sort of a settlement. I think we took steps in the right direction although I'm there I'm sure there are those who would argue with me um, when we did what some refer to as downloading of services but it really was an exchange of services and actually municipalities as a whole in the province came out to the positive but there may be some municipalities that were impacted negatively and others were impacted positively but we gave them the education tax room that the province used to create and we gave that to municipalities so they had that income but human nature being what it is they wouldn't always take that money and set it aside they would spend it on operational services. 
I remember when we cut uh, the city of Toronto a check for, I think it was eight or $900 million for not building, not going ahead with the subway extension. That was supposed to be capital money. It wasn't supposed to be, let's spend it this year, and then next year we'll go back cap and hand for another $600 million. And they managed to suspend it. And so it's sort of a two-way street. Yes, I believe municipalities should have more ability to raise money. But on the other hand, they have to be much more responsible about the money they get that's not intended for operational purposes. And they can't just keep on blaming upper levels of government. So what's your read now with the Ford government being criticized by the city's manager, for example? They're $178 million short, and they say they might have to impose a second tax bill. Uh, is that the default position, the automatic go-to, or do you think there are other ways they can find that 178 mil? Well, I don't know about the exact numbers, to be quite honest. I don't know what the real exact numbers are. You'd have to be right in on the ground floor to know that. I think there's lots of politics being played here on both sides, both by the city and by the province. Um, I do think that you should be able to find 5% administrative costs. I don't necessarily think that that should be confused, though, with, you know, hard services that go out to people in the city of Toronto or other municipalities, for that matter, every day. So I think there's probably some middle ground here that you could probably find to to resolve the situation. All right. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of speculation. I was just talking to Stephen Holliday, as I was saying, and I said, you know, Toronto's dining out on this land transfer tax to a large extent. And, uh, you know, unless we have more homes, because we kind of flatlined uh, with the homes uh, being bought and sold and all, and, uh, you know, that's going to be... He did admit that that's kind of tamped down the expectation of how much money they've got coming into the coffers. How do you see it, John? I mean, do you th see uh, that the city can find that money, or uh, is it something that the province is going to have to pony up to bail them out? I find it hard to believe in a city the size of Toronto, you can't find $180 million. I mean, I think the real problem here is is actually goes back in some ways to what uh, Mr. Eves, uh, one of his governments, uh, did, and that is amalgamating the city. I think that the uh, city council does not want to face the reality that the people who live around the core have very different political values than the people who live in the core. And what I mean by that is when they talk about uh, essential services that they want to see their money spent on, I think it's quite uh, different in places like Scarborough. Uh, you know, than it is in, in downtown Toronto. Well, give me a a, a, a well, realistic for instance. Well, okay, so I'll give you for instance. So people, the folks in Scarborough do uh, they drive everywhere, right? Right, and so this is one of the reasons that we've talked about having a subway built out there. But they want to see infrastructure taken care of, roads, make sure the roads are in good shape, make sure our bridges are in good shape, all that kind of stuff that helps get you in and around Scarborough and around the city of Toronto. Right. Downtown, it's all about public transit, public transit, public transit. So I would say there would be a difference of opinion uh, in, in parts of Scarborough uh, compared to downtown on what was or what money should be spent on. Also, I think you have a concentration of need in, in parts of downtown Toronto. And what I mean by that is health, uh, mental health services, addiction services that you don't see out in the suburbs. Uh, and as a result of that, because it's not apparent to people who live out in the suburbs, spending money on that is not something that they would have a high priority on, I would say. Uh, so, so there's definitely that that uh, that element of it, where you have a city, you have you have communities that make up a, you know a broader city. But I would say the people who are around the city of uh, the core of city of Toronto have different values. And what Doug Ford has done here is said to them, "We're going to make you choose what's important, 
And, and that's why I said when we talked about this before, if you need to raise taxes, do it. However, this is where you're going to see what comes up in the next municipal election. What are the real priorities? And I think a lot of the councillors are concerned that the folks who live around the core are going to have very different priorities and might elect a very different kind of provincial, sorry, municipal government next time around. Let me ask Peter then quickly here uh, in response to that. I mean, prioritizing is for basically forcing the hand of the municipal council to prioritize, as John said. Yeah, he, he's dumping almost $200 million worth of costs on the city. He may provoke a Ford tax. I, I think if the city does go ahead and send out another tax bill, I hope Ford's name is all over it. Uh, this is a very unfair way to actually run things. The city's, for the last nine years, been run by conservative mayors. And all of those mayors have gone at it. In Up terms until of, Tory, you mean? I, I've, I've heard that John Tory is a conservative. Oh, and I, did, I do it's know just that a he rumor, actually Peter. used to it's run... just a rumor. No, no, he used to run the Conservative Party uh, in this province. Oh, I, 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 can, I have pictures. From which this riding? This is all true. <laughs> from which riding? <laughs> in any event, uh-huh. you've had conservative administration now since 2010. Uh, you can be sure that they've been scouring everywhere for whatever they can cut. There's not a lot of room left. A lot of reserves were spent by the Fords early in their administration. So now you've got the city facing cuts to these services that need to be provided partway through the year. John raised the question of subways. Well, a big chunk of cash that was supposed to come to the city to help deal with the signaling system so the subways run well was cut. That wasn't a question of the city saying... We are uh, running out of money elsewhere. This was money that had been committed and has been taken away. Public health money has been taken away. The province put more money into public health after SARS because they understood how critical it was to have a good public health system if you're going to have an economy that works and protect people's lives. All right. uh, Also included in here, though, is, if I might say, without being too political, leading up to the last provincial election, Kathleen Wynne started spending money like it was water here, there and everywhere, throwing hundreds of millions, billions of dollars out, hoping against hope that she could save her party and her political skin and get reelected. It didn't work. But once you've thrown out $38 million in year for daycare, for example, was one of the numbers, I think it's tough to take that back. And, you know, with all due respect, I think a lot of this was either, you know, a last-minute confession on the way to your deathbed or, um, you know, just hoping against hope that if I throw all this money out in 157 different directions, hopefully I'll get enough votes to win. Well, um, I, I, if, if she really wanted, if she was committed to all those things, it would have been done in the 15 years that she and McGinty were there when she was a cabinet minister, when she was a co-campaign manager for McGinty's campaign, etc., etc., etc. So... You have to take that with a bit of a grain of salt. Is that real money that the city should be counting on? Or did they realize this is just political and we probably aren't going to get it if Kathleen doesn't win? So no, it doesn't but constitute, doesn't, but it doesn't constitute a cutback by saying you're not getting that you're money. You're not getting now. what was promised. No, but this is money that was in the pipeline for a while. The money to put into the subway system was put there after Kathleen Wynn said to John Tory, no, you can't put a toll on the roads. That wasn't last year, Ernie. Uh, no, that the, wasn't. The, the child care money, that's been there for a long time. There was no big bump in the last year. We're not talking about taking it back to 2017 or the year before the election level. No, we're talking about a funding formula that's been in place for a long but, time. But what's, what's being lost in all of this is what's the third greatest expense in our province right now? 
as I understand it, it's interest. Interest on the debt. We've got one of the one of the you know the the highest debt in a sub national jurisdiction in North America. How are we going to pay for it, Peter? Well, I'll tell you one thing right now. Don't tell me taxes. No, I've been telling Ford and his folks for a while now, you're borrowing $2.5 billion a year to reduce hydro prices when you could go in and you could change the hydro system to reduce costs. He himself said he could cut hydro prices by another 12%. Well, okay, bring that in and stop borrowing $2.5 billion a year. That's where I'd start. Topics worthy of discussion. Our panel, Ernie Eves, John Turley, Ewart, and Peter Tabbins on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.